level up level up no you can't give us the countdown so i was thinking level up welcome to let's talk about gay stuff Woo-hoo! Mm-hmm. <laughs> the podcast where we talk about gay stuff and discuss the week in lgbt history we are thomas tony kendall all right, welcome, boys. Howdy, howdy, howdy. This hey. week, Thank you. we're reviewing the week of August 18th through August the 24th, and we'll discuss Marsha Johnson, Chelsea Manning, and the birth of today. What's what's known as today's trans flag. So, before we dive into these fun topics, what's going on? Any any fun stories this week? Any any dish? You know, I usually have so many fun stories. Do, I'm just going to take the week off. I don't want to dominate the podcast. So, <laughs> have you been keeping your fun stories from us? <laughs> that corporate job. Woo. That was sarcasm, Kendall. <laughs> I suppose if I ever had a fun story, I would be like, bitches, forget the podcast. Let me spill the whole story. <laughs> Actually, uh, last week when we were doing Sunday Fun Day, I was asking Chris, the bartender, I was like, oh, sorry if I was like out of control on my birthday. He's like, oh, everyone was like so crazy. I was like, sorry if I was. He goes, uh, you were in the corner, like uh, ready to go home, <laughs> <laughs> and then you did. You ghosted Covered out of there. Vomit and stool. Yeah, no, that was you. <laughs> that was you the week after. <laughs> wah, wah. Maybe one, but not both. Vomit right. and stool. Surprisingly, so we spent. We hey, so, which reminds me of a joke. What's the number one pickup line in a gay bar? May I push your stool in? <laughs> da 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 da. da. <laughs> but may I tell you? <laughs> wow. Hello. So Anyways. we celebrated Spencer's birthday this past week. And yes, our intern. Woo. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Spook. Um, I think we everyone behaved themselves. Well, no, except, yeah, everyone behaved themselves. There was yes. nothing dramatic. Was great birthday. We went to Max's Wine Dive for, uh, for brunch because um, we celebrated more or less on the Sunday fun day. With with the extended friends and uh, yeah nothing nothing too crazy we didn't get kicked out or storm out like we did previously during Pride like you did maybe <laughs> like mm. I like like I did uh, but we had a good time and then we did Sunday Fun Day and I think we had a from what I recall it was it was That's fun amazing. yeah it was a good time it's a good day to be out and then on your actual birthday we had a pool day we went to a nice dinner we and all then, didn't. some of us had to work. yeah some some yeah. folks had some to work but I'm not bitter. <laughs> Turning to work, and then we went to a nice play. So that was fun. It was a good week, very relaxing, busy work week, and then but oh, uh, busy. Well deserved. Um, and we saw the theater on the lawn at uh, what Miller Outdoor Theater. What was it? Houston. It was uh, uh, Julius Caesar. Oh, nice. So it was good. And then I think Spencer was all into the Julius Caesar because the next day we had Caesar salad for for um, for dinner. Nice. So it was good. And then did he uh, stab it thirty-seven times? He did. He did. E.T. British. It's been an interesting week, though, because we also... E.T. We, E.T. Yeah, we, uh, as some folks may have seen on the the uh, the Facebook Live video, we have been staring at a box of tampons on our on our, uh, on our recording Ew. desk. Uh, Speak for yourself. <laughs> trying to figure out why these are here. Well, they're here, of course, because uh, our, our friend and from our spoopy podcast, Chris, um, a la Dixie Wrecked, was uh, performing uh, and advanced to the next round and, and her she drag used competition. Them as props. She threw them out as party favors. Yeah, so how would. How, in red so this was all inspired by Kendall. T- Kendall, what was the. What was the Tell us the what you inspired because you inspired it. So I feel like it, you know you're do some the dirty damn yeah. tampons. Come on, 
You, I'm, re- I'm literally asking you to tell the story. Oh, my God, I don't want to. It's just, trashy, just and I'm not a trashy person. Okay, you made Chris do it, so you need to... Well, the, com- the category of the drag competition was uh, trash, or so we thought. We later found out it was plastic, but it was too late at that point. <laughs> but it was trash, so I said... I can't believe you're making me say this. My, I have grandmothers. Yep. Um, I said, well, go all out then and get some tampons, dip them in red Kool-Aid... Right, call me on them and throw them at the judges. So he swung them around like tassels. And she twirled them like tassels, flicked them at the judges, and progressed to the next week yeah, of competition. He, he dipped them in uh, red Mio so that they looked like they were bloodstained, so that was nice. Uh, and then the next uh, portion of her competition, what did she do? What did you advise her to do as the design consultant? Come on. The oh. creative director? Yes. Well, Dixie likes to fashion herself a trash queen, just a trashy, raunchy. Am I wrong? No, that's no, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 the, like, Ashley, what, what, what's, what is it? What that's the, her persona. Cash, cashless, ass. She says cashless, assless. Classless. Classless, yep. Yeah. So, yeah, you're on brand um, there. So I said, if your song's It's About to Blow by Kesha, I get words wrong, so it's probably like one of those words. Roll with it. Right? She, um, I said, pull out a dildo and just start blowing it. And then on the second verse, put some fake coke on that dildo and just start blowing that blow. Yeah, so get it all over your face. And she did it, and she brought the house down. Yeah. people were just screaming, throwing panties and she, other people's panties. She blew the roof off the building. Ugh. I mean, people were excited with all that blow. So it was an interesting take on blow. So it was on brand for Dixie. So we were proud to see her go to the next round. So hopefully, when this is airing, Dixie's still going strong in the competition. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. She advanced to the next round, but that was fun. But now we have a box of tampons, and we spent our dinner trying to figure out how tampons work. I think we figured it out when when how the plastic applications used. If anyone wants to give us information about how they are used. You can uh, actually don't, tutorials we, we don't, no, we don't care. No videos, thanks. <laughs> Keep the tampons in the this the, the trash can. All right, um, enough about that. Let's all right, talk about so so Kendall, so what happened? Uh, anything happened for you this week? Perfect segue to Jan Sabastina. No offense, hey Jan. Jan. Hey Jan. Jan, very sweet lady, listened to our podcast and sent us a few questions. Um, three, we'll answer one tonight and the other ones um, in future podcasts. But the way it was worded, the entire uh, message, which was, I thought was very thoughtful and sweet, and you can tell she just um, is a good gay ally, I should say. But the first question that we're going to answer tonight from Jan is, how do you all feel about the way in which feminine men are often disparaged in the gay community as being less hot? I hate it. Why, Tony? Because we talk about this a lot. I feel like, um, you know, like drag queens and transgender people had a huge impact in where we are today. And I, I feel like, you know, gay people, like we know what it's like to be judged or be discriminated against. And so to me, I hate it when we discriminate against others for shallow reasons. And so this especially because it's like, it's because of like feminine people that were, are where we are today and what, why we have the rights that we do today. And so, I just I don't think you should be discriminatory towards anybody for something superficial like that, but especially since you know people that are like oh no femmes, it's like well the femmes who were really suppressed are the reasons they blew up like they they blew up and like that started the gay rights movement. Thomas. That's why I hate it. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't like when anyone's kind of prejudged for some something, especially being femme. You get the same thing with people that are bottoms. It's like, oh, they're a big old bottom. I'm like, well, that's fine. Like, it's okay to be a bottom. It's okay to be a top. Like, and what people do without a big old bottom, <laughs> right? And some people shouldn't. I mean, you shouldn't be Jars ashamed. Of livers. You shouldn't Chicken be ashamed livers. if you're a bottom. Like, if that's what you do, yeah. then that's. I mean, the world needs bottoms and the world needs tops. So it's just like I don't like people make fun of that. They make fun of femmes, and it's not like. That's not anything that I, I, I think is appropriate. Um, but at the same time, like I, I will say like you don't have to be attracted to a femme person. So because I, I, I like I'd like a, a more masculine person. I mean, I, I, the joke is, yeah, I'm, I'm bi, but I'm like I like uh, you can have preferences. And I think that's OK to have. You know, I agree. Attract- I mean, it's one thing to have a preference and that's what you're attracted to. But then I've never seen you at a gay bar look across the bar and be like, ah, look at that femme queen. Yeah, no. You know? Yeah. And you can, and I think there are femme queens that are attractive. And I think, so it's like, yeah. it's, I don't care, but I like either a man or a woman. I haven't, and it's not to say um, trans people aren't attractive. It's just like, yeah. I, and I, I would be attracted to a trans person. Or I guess there are trans people out there that I am attracted to. Um, but I do like, um, like a, a mask man and a, um, and a, and a, a feminine woman, right? Yeah. But it's not this, so. Yeah, I say I that, but that's a, a preference between what you're attracted to and what you like mm-hmm. versus like just on the face, like mistreating somebody Cause to or me, making fun of somebody. Because the way I view yeah. it is like it's like liking uh, um, someone with dark hair versus blonde hair versus red hair, right? It's just it's um, that's how I view it. Now I yeah. get that some folks they take it a step further and they view it as a you know they think someone who's femme is disgusting or someone who's black or Asian or Latino is disgusting. Right. And so when you start to say, I, I only date these people, I'm like, no, that's where I think like you should, people should be more open-minded because looks are one thing, but obviously, you know, you, you dig in uh, deeper and you want someone who's smart and has got a personality. And what am I filling out a dating profile? I'm, I already have what okay, I want well, here. Jan, Anyways. I have two things to add. First of all, Tonti said, what's a top without a bottom? Well, I had a family member who couldn't find a bottom. So he would, this is not a lie bury a bar of a jar of beets or chicken livers in front of his trailer and used to pound it in the front yard just to get that feeling of so that that's a that's a top without a bottom no and no Uh. Uh, so that's what you do that's what a top does with a bottom i guess in louisiana um but second of all i hate it montana we have sheep or montana where tony's from we have sheep See what happens when gays can get married. You can start dating, you know, sheep and and chickens. But I do just just kidding. uh, Hate it because I think there's, and I'm gonna. It's actually part of my topic. I want to bring up later. I think some gays think because they've been oppressed, they're allowed to discriminate more against other people, and there's this very segregated sense of entitlement within. There's a hierarchy. So many gay people think of. At least I'm not femme, or at least I'm not a bottom. But were you sure are looking for the bottoms? Yeah. You know? It's interesting you say that because... Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, because... So I had um, one of my old roommates. He um, he was, like, you know, pretty decent looking. Um, oh, what an endorsement. <laughs> no, he was pretty decent. Not a 10, but, I mean, decent looking. But when he was, like, growing up, he was, like, very fat, into band, whatever... And I never knew him then, but I just imagined lap if, band. If you were really heavy, now that's what you band were is like of. into band. You probably were like teased as a kid, and obviously pretty feminine. So you're um, 
he probably got teased as a kid. So now he like lost a lot of weight, pretty decent looking, and he is a complete fucking bitch. And it's like, you know, that's insecurity though. Yeah, because my thing is, it's like, dude, I know what it's like to be discriminated against. That's why I'm like anti. Like you're in the band too, is what you're saying? Yes, (laughs) but it's like, um, I agree. Like, I don't think it should give you a right. You should have empathy for. I know what it's like to be discriminated, so I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah, but the queens are. I mean, on Twitter, it's the worst. Like, I mean, for to call people dad bod that have that are sculpted, but just because they have a little bit of extra poundage on them, they're like, "You're fat." And it's like, no, all these queens that don't have a six pack they're like you're fat it's like get out of here like i i'm I, it's too it much it brings out more discrimination however it gives you more opportunity to find people that don't care because i think in the last few years maybe it's just me getting older um but in the last few years i've noticed that there's somebody for everybody there's a oh yeah exactly there's some people that like a little chunkiness and there's yeah. some people that like well I, yeah i a hair lip i agree or, like i feel like when i was younger i used to always feel bad about like my body because i was never like six pack or whatever but then the older i get i'm like yeah for every pot there's a lid and for every body style there are people that are into that and so now i'm like who cares every pot just own it have you so seen my like Have you seen my Tupperware drawer? There's more tops than bottoms, so that's <laughs> what happens for those beans Maybe I should hang out livers. your Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You're missing the There's more tops because you buried those jars in the yard. You're no, free. that wasn't me. That was yo. That was your people. So yeah, but I, I mean, just to you know, like punchline at least for for me, like I I don't. I, I, I think there's a clear distinction between being attracted to someone and being discriminatory against someone. And, yeah, discriminating against anyone because of what they look like, I think it's just, just stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Confidence so. is the most important. Yeah. So, I agree. Like you said, it's probably, like, insecurity. Always. Yeah. If you're putting someone else down, it's, unless it's they're being vicious look. to you, right. it comes from a place of, like, there's something about myself I don't like, so I'm going to draw make attention them look bad. to your... Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, those... We love films. I straddle the line. Hell, I might even be film. You taught Martha how to walk in Kendall, heels. you are super fam. Thank you. That's why I get right. so passionate. I'm like, I don't want anyone being mean to Kendall. Like, <laughs> Let him be film. Although, I, <laughs> like, I will one. say this, because, I mean, I, I do... Um, not to like extend this conversation too long, but, I mean, I do think there is... Again, I think it's a, it's a matter of my attraction they don't discriminate i just um like you know spencer and i well i'm gonna air our laundry spence but you know he said oh i'm gonna i want to buy pumps and i'm like okay well that's that's cool but it's that has taken me no not penis pumps like nude pumps like uh uh like high heels yeah and i'm like oh okay and then as i think about it i'm like well what does that mean and but it's one of those things that it's just for me it's not it has not like I've taken some time. It had, I've had to translate what that. Um, of course, I overanalyze everything, but it's just it's something that I have had to like adjust my thinking. I'm like, okay, this is which is good. It's always going to challenge. Yeah, it's not what I would wear, but if Spence wants to wear that, then I'm like. And Jan, you asked a good question because I could do a full two hour show on this because I've been watching. I love the show Queer Eye with Jonathan Van Ness on it, who like says he's. I think he had. He says he's gender binary. Non-binary, uh, you know, I don't. Yeah, even I don't know all the terminology, but he's got a beard and long hair, and he wears dresses. And he's like, I like both. I can have a beard and wear a dress. And so much of how we treat people is we're brainwashed to say 
this is what men are supposed to do and this is what women yeah. are supposed to do and the entire concept of coming out as a gay person is upending all of that so why do it within our own community of yeah you're a man you're not supposed to be femme excuse me yeah, you butch masculine man. You got well, a penis in your butt. To me, one of the funniest like drag queens that amongst that I've been to a few of Dixie Rex performances. I don't know who who she is, but basically, she's got a beard. But then she's like really sassy. I love oh, her. Oh, that was me. Oh, okay. That's Kendall. You mean Jacqueline Dior? Is that her? No, Blackberry. Blackberry? No, it's not Blackberry. Jacqueline. Either way, both of them. If you're Barbara listening, Jackson. we're trying to get we watch you all this show. Come join us. Talk about your drag queen. Which we can do a whole other topic about how drag queens are treated, celebrated one day, and then looked down upon by certain... Anyway, Jan, great question. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean... In the future, we're going to answer more of your questions. And I guess to that point, if anyone's got any other questions, feel free to let us know. Jan uh, brought those questions up on Facebook. But any of the social media platforms, let us know. We'll take a look at it and see how we can... Or if you have ideas for topics, because a lot of our ideas are either... U.S. national or Houston based. So if you have you know any ideas yep. for a show, let's talk about yes, gay stuff. Yes, we like these questions. We might even name it with the Jan segment. Let's talk oh about my God, the you, Jan segment. Sponsored you, by Jan Sebastian. You, you can, so you, can, can you can reach us. At, uh, you can email us. At, oh, let's oh, talk she about. Didn't mind me using her last name. You can well, she posted on Facebook, so oh, you can she can see it as a public she post. Loves it. You can email us at let's talk about gay stuff at gmail dot com. So before we go, swing into our gay topics. Uh, a little word from our sponsor. Hey, are you a small business owner trying to do it all? Take marketing, for example. Nowadays, your business has to have a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter account. Who has the time to take pictures, write posts, and get them posted online, let alone comment, share, and respond to followers? We hear all of, we hear all of the time that this is <laughs> on every small business's to-do list and economy works is here to help so let the economy works talent network help you with your marketing so you can grow your business economy works when we work the, the economy, economy works, works. find out more at economyworks.com so with that tony why don't you swing with us into that, our first so, topic kendall speaking of drag queens who are celebrated one minute condemn mm-hmm. the next vice versa um Marsha p johnson so Marsha p johnson was a drag queen that was um pretty instrumental in the stonewall riots and gay advocacy at the time so and her whole life is kind of summed up in in some ways she was very like celebrated and then in some ways she was very condemned and i feel like looking at her life in so many ways she had an amazing life but then in some ways god she had a really tough life so um, she, so Marsha P. Johnson, she was born very like middle-class family or, you know, blue collar family in New Jersey. And she, she was pretty young. She was like five or six and she tried to wear a dress and she got made fun of. And so ever since then, after that, she thought, oh my God, being gay is something, it's like a dream. It's nothing. When she was born in 45. Yeah. Yeah. This weekend, 1945. So in her mind, being gay is like something to dream about, but you could never actually do because I mean, she had that negative experience, but then she made her way to New York as a pretty like, you know, in her teens, she went there with $15 and a bag of clothes. So once she was there and she met gay people, she thought, Oh, I can become gay. And she kind of started, you know, being more free or whatever. So she was, she identified as being gay, being a drag queen, being a transvestite. There weren't really a lot of trans terms at the time. Um, and so she was very active in, um, 
fighting for LGBT rights. She was a very generous person. She was um, people that were kicked out by their families and made their way to New York. She would kind of take them under her wing and kind of help them out. She um, she and some friends founded like they founded a trans uh, organization. They were instrumental in starting a kind of a homeless shelter for LGBT youth. I mean, she she did a lot of work for um, AIDS, things like that. Um, and she had a pretty awesome life. I mean, she so she didn't have a lot of money, and she was always known for kind of wearing flowers in her hair. And the reason that happened is she was homeless for most of her life, and she would sleep under these tables in the flower district where they were making flower arrangements. And so she would collect the flowers. And um, But her, um, you know, at the time, a lot of drag queens were very, like, uh, extravagant and things like that. Well, she didn't have a lot of money for fancy clothes. But her drag was more kind of like uh, comedy, political, like grassroots drag. And she actually, she went to San Francisco and performed. She was part of a couple of uh, drag queen troops. She went to London to perform. So in a lot of ways, she had like a really awesome life. Yeah, I mean, she kind of within the gay community, she was very well known. She was very known for um, really being active and out there and really fighting for rights. Very generous. Um but at the same time, from the time she was in her early 20s, she was pretty much homeless and forced to be a prostitute. I mean, it was kind of like survival sex, as it's hmm. coined, um, she, because she was so feminine. Wait, was she living as trans? Yeah, so she she moved to New York, and as soon as she was around gay people, that thought, okay, I can like, live as a, basically a drag queen. And so Marsha P. Johnson actually stands for uh, Marsha pay it no mind Johnson ah. because when people would say you man or you woman she's like pay it no mind because she was kind of a very tall she was slender but probably like a muscular uh, more of a masculine build mm-hmm. but she was a drag queen and so people would say are you man or she's like pay it no mind so that's what the P stands for in March Beach and then Howard Johnson was a restaurant she was a, a waitress when she moved to New York and so that's how she came up with her name Pay it so, no mind. But she lived as an as a woman. Yeah, so she yep. basically lived as a drag queen. Yeah, and so she was too feminine. Wait, a drag queen, or I want to get the. She wouldn't really say transgender, right? She wouldn't really say. So she identified as a transvestite. They didn't really have in the when she was alive like transgender, and she was very kind of like. But I, I say that because like RuPaul, for example, right? RuPaul has a persona of you know the the woman in wig with high heels, but also does it you know lives. RuPaul Charles, right? Yeah. Last night. No, I think Liz, she lived Liz, as a like, yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah. And so um, she was too feminine to get a job. And so pretty much from her early 20s on, she was homeless, uh, prostitute. And, you know, she was, um, even at the time, like, you know, trans people were just not accepted by the gay community. And so they were mm-hmm. kind of excommunicated. And um, it's interesting because even though drag queen so it wasn't very long before stonewall that drag queens were allowed in the gay bars in new york and um the drag queens started the fight and they were really the ones that started stonewall which you know transformed the whole gay rights movement um but then in 1973 she and her friend uh sylvia rivera they there was a gay rights rally in new york in 1973 a few years after stonewall and they were kind of like not really welcomed like this be- was being organized mm-hmm. they heard about it and they didn't want them there and they showed up and they wouldn't let them really 
say anything. And so her friend made her way up on stage and she's like, trans people are the reasons you have the right to do today. And by an entire group of gay people, they were booed off the stage. This is mid sixties, right? 73. Oh, 73. Okay. 70, yeah. So, um, so they after were Stonewall. Yeah. After, they were at Stonewall. Yeah. And so she, she was actually instrumental. So she was, um, a lot of people said there were three drag queens that really started the Stonewall riots and she was one of them. She actually says, I think I was there like kind of after it all started, like 40 minutes later. But um, she was basically the one that like she threw a shot glass and shattered a mirror. And so it was coined the shot glass. She that, made up for lost time. Yeah. The shot glass that. Uh, Way to make an impact, girl. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she was instrumental in Stonewall. And then three years later, four years, they were like, uh, we don't want you. Because they said people like you are going to slow down our progress. That, that was the thought of the gay community at the time. Well, there's a documentary right now because Marsha P. Johnson has really been learned about in the last few years. Yeah. There's a documentary on Netflix about her. And then there are some new um, interviews unearthed that she gave not long after Stonewall. Um, so people are really – and part of it is we want to put a face to – you know, we talk about Patrick Henry. We want to visualize people. Patrick Henry said right. the British, British are coming, British are coming. We want to put a – it's hard for us to figure out Stonewall, and I think Marsha P. Johnson has kind of become the face and the symbol of Stonewall. Rightly so, I think. Um, but there's a fascinating documentary about her, and Sylvia's in it. And there's footage of her at that rally getting on stage, and the gays were booing her, saying you're not – the feeling was very much you're not a part of our group. Yeah, exactly. It's trans issues, and to this day – Right, exactly. Just I like mean, we Houston talked a few about, years ago. I mean, yeah. Jan was asking about femboys, but it could honestly be you can substitute that for trans. We're not quite on the same page. It's getting better. But even within the gay community, it's very segregated. It is, yeah. We're learning to break down those walls. And in some ways, it's getting worse. We'll talk about that in my topic because I, yeah. I got some notes on that. But Marsha P. Johnson was kind of the has turned into the face of Stonewall for one. Do you want to talk about how she passed? I can before I get there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go ahead with that because I have views on that too. Okay. Yeah. So I guess the two things I'd like to say are, you know, she had this great life. She performed drag in San Francisco and London. She was very well-known in the gay community. I think she loved life, but she was also homeless, prostitute. I mean, she spent her whole life kind of in a cycle of she would go – she had mental problems, so she would go to a mental hospital and kind of get treatment, get on medication, get well, and then she would get out. She'd back on the streets, you know, and she would get off that, and she would start having issues again. And so – um. And she was, you know, I mean, we talked about this, like at the time, trans prostitutes were beat up, not paid. Some people had their genitalia mutilated, whatever. So the way she passed away, they basically found her body in the Hudson River and it was immediately deemed a suicide, mm-hmm. but people fought and they were like, no way. And so they did find like wounds on the back of her head. And so it was debated for quite a while. But then I think in 2002, sometime in the 2000s, they reopened it, and it's still an open case because it, it was not a suicide. It yeah. was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my theory is the police never liked her. She was in their minds yep. a troublemaker. She was there for Stonewall, and those people kept a grudge. And can you be any more invisible than a black trans hooker? Right. A very Did masculine really looking. Yeah. How much money and time and effort are these detectives going to spend into finding right. out? 
was this a suicide or a murder? Yeah. I mean, it's, there was no even investigation for, for anyone to say confidently that it was, was or was not a suicide. My thing is, watch this documentary while it's still on Netflix, because if you want to understand the trans experience as someone who's not trans, I'm not trans, so I have to do it as like an outsider and trying to empathize and understand and all that. You cannot be more marginalized on the outskirts. What community do you belong to? Right. You belong to only the trans community because the gays are not necessarily right. walking arm, arm in arm trans. And yeah. the, the straights certainly aren't. Right. I really feel they've been left behind to a, an extent to where we're just now starting to talk about it. But we had to get gay marriage legalized and had to, you know, in Don't Ask, Don't Tell for us to even be like, okay, well, yeah. now we can address their issues. Yeah, and we've talked about it before that, you know, the whole debate of sometimes, like, people wanted to purposely drop them because it would make our movement right. progress faster, yeah. The gays thought, you're holding us back because you're just a step too far. You, yeah. you will never pass. Yeah. And the murder rate for minority, especially black, oh, yeah. trans, I'm not going to say hooker. I mean, obviously, it's, we can subsect it to where it's, you know, make it higher and harder. But if you're black and trans, you're far more likely to be murdered than probably any other yeah. group. There have been a few of them since I've lived in Houston, right? Like, kind of south, east right. midtown, yeah. Well, there was an article today about it was the 14th trans or black trans person killed this year. But do we do we know those stats because of the progress the LGBT community as a whole has made? Like, the, the fact that we, you know, because that gets lost when the big fight is, uh, you know, marriage equality or serving in the military, those sorts of things. You know what I mean? It's like those conversations are only happening today because the LGBT, LGBT community can now focus on, on that. That's it's not to say it wasn't a... It wasn't an issue. It wasn't a focus area. It's just like the loud voices were, and the majority of voices in the community were. There were a minority among the minority. Right. You know but, I mean? but I don't even think it was purposeful. It was just like, it was just like, we're trying to. You know, in and, some ways, it was purposeful. Well, I mean, it sounds like in the 70s, yes, it was purposeful, right? And well, no, there even were, today, if we're going to talk about how we treat femme men and look down on them and say, ooh, gross, and we, I mean, even gays call them faggots then surely that discrimination is far worse for actual, well, quote, men that want to be Well, women. and just to that point, I mean, and, and you, you taught me this using the F word, right? I mean, th to the extent that we start to, it's an interesting kind of thought because, I mean, if you, if you start to use that word more often, right, because we're, you know, we're saying we're going to own the word, right, and we're not going to use it in a, in a hateful way, I think it gives people who are Trumpers, uh, the, um, they, they feel like they have the right then to call us that in a d derogatory way. Does that make sense? Because mm -hmm. we're using it and they're like, well, what I heard, I heard Kendall say for it. a little backstory. I hate, I call it the F word. I don't like it, but I have also gone through a journey of, I'm not going to be dictated by someone else's, you know, you're, you're calling me this. Perhaps I'm giving it power to say that the word, and I cringe every time I say it because I've been called it a million times and no, how it made me feel to be called yeah. that like you're what the word faggot really means faggot equals there is no greater scum on earth there is no one below you now remember i'm 36 and i'm talking about up until high school 
um, so the word in itself is just vile. But it what, and then I have a discussion about, well, why does a word need to have power over me? You know, yeah. to where I'm afraid as a, a grown man to say the word, like I don't want the word faggot to leave my lips. Right. Because it's, it scares me even to this day. That sounds so weird. Here yeah. I am 36. But it's something that like, it brings back emotion, right? Like, well, and that's the know, thing, though. Something you can't so there's that emotional trigger that you, you know you feel when you hear it, right? Yeah. Because it, it brings back memories. But you know, I guess my my point is it it because you say it now, and you're like, well, I own the word now, and no one's gonna make me feel a certain way about it. Because you say it now, because you you have that ownership. The the casual trumper, for example, that that hears that, I don't think they about them. they think that. Well, my point is, they are like, well, Kendall said it, so therefore I can say it too. You know what I mean? They they feel like they have a license to, I, to say it, and so when they're gay bashing, you know, someone or doing a hate crime on one on a trans well, transgender it's a person first. Let me deal with the word and how it affects me, because the way it affects me might not. Because there are many many gays that throw the f word around. Just like the controversy within the black community of using the N word. Yeah, so I was gonna say, yeah. Go ahead. So it's not the same to everybody, and it it is different perhaps to a thirty six year old than it is to a twenty one year old. So the way I look at it is first, okay, there were years too where I said I wouldn't allow anyone to say that word around me. You will not use that word around me. Um, I kind of like this. This has progressed into a discussion of the F word. Y'all okay with that? Yeah. Um, and then it was kind of like, but why am I giving them the power for me to care? Well, that's, just that's a good point, yeah. Just on that point, though. So where I was kind of hoping we would go is on the because since we're talking about transgender, right? I mean, the whole and we've talked about this before, but RuPaul, right, getting called out on on saying was she female and tranny, like those. So those were, I mean, and RuPaul pushed back and said, "Hey, you know, I'm an ally, right?" Again, I, I maintain that if RuPaul, if people hear RuPaul saying it, then it gives them license to say, well, RuPaul says tranny, so I can say tranny too, you know, right? I feel like... Are you finished? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I feel too, though, like um, that says a lot about the person because me, like I would never use the N-word just because I see a black person use it. They can't. I can't. And so if somebody says, oh, well, they use it, I can't, it's like, who the fuck are you? That says right. like what a low person you are because I feel mm-hmm. like... Just because if I say it, I can say it because I've been called it whatever. Like, you know, if some straight guy says it in a derogatory way, it's like, you can't say it. I do think there's a hypocrisy. Thomas and I have talked about this before. There are certain words beeped out. I I haven't seen anybody on television being allowed to say the F word, I call it, or the N word. But cunt and bitch are just as... Especially the C word. Yes, yeah. I know. They're terrible. Ugh. So if I'm going to, how can I learn from my discrimination that I've experienced? If I'm going to say I don't like the F word, then I need to equally say it's disgusting to say wet back, which I don't use, you know, or the C word. You know, all these terrible words that I try not to think it's all about the F word for me. Yeah. You know, so 
I don't know where I'm going with that. But, but I, I, <laughs> I, I think the point is, though, it, it lends an interesting discussion in terms of not on, like, well, where we, where we started this discussion, right? It's like the, the LGBT community has been moving forward with you know, things about uh, gay marriage and, you know, I- employment and housing equality, gay serving in the military. Transgender folks have been left behind, right? Uh, and then you have that, that aspect now. But now, it's, now there's a conversation about transgender people, right? You're starting to see the statistics on, on, uh, on the murders of transgender people. And, you know, then we've got into this discussion about how we use some of these words of tranny and faggot and whatnot. And so, um, yeah, it, it, those are, it's evolving, right? I mean, it's all, to me, I can't, like I said, it's hard to say we needed to go through this journey when you've had all these transgender folks being, going having one having to go through their personal you know yeah, journeys yeah. without a lot of support and yeah. two being murdered uh at a disproportionate rate but I, I'm not a but but well, this, and you 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 just had to have i don't know you just had to have well, that this but. is why straight allies are incredibly incredibly important yeah because we're always going to be a tiny little minority mm-hmm. in the population yeah so whatever probably straight casting director casted laverne cox on orange is the new black or has casted any transgender person, or even allows Jonathan Van Ness on Queer Eye to be gender non-binary, they're the ones in power because they're in the majority. Yeah. It is super, super important, and that's why I was actually touched by this message that Jan, whose question yeah. answered. Yeah, it, Her question was so thoughtful. We're going to get into some of her questions she asked later. But she really hit the nail on the head that I think a lot of times I have spent years and years, even to my parents, of saying, I know you're not trying to hurt me or family members. You're try- not trying to hurt me, but I need you. You are the voters that affect ah, yeah. all of this. Um, and people are listening to you. as a And every, sing- right, yep. every single gay person can vote, and we will never get anything done at all unless mm-hmm. people have some compassion and empathy and say, really focus on why do I think this way and why do I care if they have a job, get married, you know, question my religious convictions, whatever. Because if, if they don't analyze their own views, we ain't got nothing. Yeah. And that's why it's important. I feel for everybody to just be out because if gay is a concept, people are more likely to be discriminatory against it versus like, Oh, but Kendall's gay and he's really nice. Like, do I really oh, hate gay you don't people? know how many times I've been told you're pretty cool for a gay guy. Oh yeah, and I, it's insulting that. Well, I know it doesn't sound like it'd be insulting. It is insulting. It is, yeah, yeah. But I also knew at the time, yeah, that well, this is progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Take this is progress get, to them yeah. because when you're in the minority like that, you have to be more patient for other right, people's yeah, ignorance. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess just to kind of close the loop on Marsha P. Johnson. One thing that is kind of interesting, you know, we talked about the Compton riots a few weeks ago, and that was completely lost to history until a PhD student found a blurb in Mm -hmm. this archive. And so she was really not, like, for years, she was kind of, like, went by the wayside at Marsha P. Johns as far as being known and things like that. And I don't know what kind of gave her, and and especially, like, her and um, her friend Sylvia, like, resurgence, but... um, you know, now, I mean, there's been two documentaries about her. She yeah. has been, like, like kind of a 
main, not the main, but a main character in two movies about Stonewall. Um, I mean, RuPaul has mentioned her as an inspiration. Um, for World Pride, she was, uh, there was a, a mural, and she was part of the mural. And now, like, she and Sylvia, and this is kind of interesting. So she and Sylvia are getting their own monument in Greenwich Village. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, and the reason for this is um, the reason they are being, uh, a monument is being made in their honor is, I, I, I don't know who made the decision, but basically they're like, you know what? The LGBT history is very whitewashed. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's like in everybody's mind, it was a bunch of like, you know, Preppy white, white, white preppy white boys that were in Stonewall, and it's no, it's a bunch of drag queens that grabbed their heels and were stabbing the cops. And well, because so, if you're the most marginalized, say you're racially minority and you're trans, what do you have to lose? You've already been kept out of society. I mean, this is in the 60s, yeah, yeah, which yeah, yeah. was oh, relatively exactly, yeah. recent. Yeah, I think the more oppressed you are, so the more you... of course they're on the yeah. forefront. And so, um, but then, you know, you get into like gay history, and it's like... It is. It's very whitewashed and whatever. And so I don't know who it was, but whoever made the decision that they were like, you know, there needs to be a monument near Stonewall that honors these two people because they were the representation of people that, you know, were responsible for Stonewall. So, And you said it, representation. If you look at the civil rights movement, there were thousands upon thousands of people for literally hundreds of years that worked up until today but we put rosa parks as the face of it yeah even though that was planned and she was chosen to go intentionally refuse to get up and all that um if we look at world war ii and frank we can empathize with her yeah and i think marcia johnson is kind of marcia p johnson is kind of turned into that figure of yeah okay we can take this person's life examine it and understand the whole movement and purpose and I hope so. I, I hope this monument is really represented because if you look at her, she was very masculine looking. She didn't have a lot of money. She was in not the greatest clothes. She had like leftover flowers in her hair. And so, you know, she was this average person that, you know, and she's responsible for where we are today. And so um, hopefully they, they make it very accurate and true to her and not kind of like, you know, Prettify it, I guess. I think it's also important in that we not look away or hide the fact that she was a prostitute because she had to be. For her whole, yeah, I mean, literally, she was there her? in her teens and in her early 20s, and she died in, like, I think at 45 or 46. And so, for, like, from early 20s to when she died, so, like, you know, 20 some years of her life, the majority, she was a prostitute. Like, and I mean, she was. Poor thing. I mean, she was a prostitute, but she was also like in and out of mental hospital. You know, she had mental issues. And so, um, yeah. Well, the sad and hypocritical part is that these were people leaving their wives to drive into the city Mm -hmm. to find a man dressed as a woman because that's how they got their kicks. And then did there's a reason why so many are found murdered and beaten up. People have sex with them a lot of times. And then kill them because of how disgusted they are by them and how disgusted they are by themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So just the hypocrisy of that happening, and it happens to this day, unfortunately. It's just now becoming a huge issue within the LGBT. QIA, PRST, hashtag, um, pound, all that kind of stuff. All right. Let's not mock all of our our brothers and sisters in the community. Queer umbrella. It's the term. Okay, but anyway. Uh, LGBTQ plus. All right. 
so that was a good, good, uh, good discussion on Marsha yeah. P. Awesome lady. Come yep. on, P. Awesome. Marsha P. Stood for what was that again? Pay it no mind. Pay it no mind. Pay it no mind. All right, I like that. I like that. That's how people should live their lives. Pay yes. It no mind. Pay it no, no mind. <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys ready to talk about Chelsea Manning? Yeah. Is she cute? She's pretty. She's actually, she's pretty. Uh, so this week in 2013, on August 21st, Chelsea Manning, at the time she was known as Bradley Manning, was sentenced to 35 years in prison for releasing hundreds of thousands of classified documents and videos to WikiLeaks. So, and then she was, she was uh, sentenced this week, uh, charged with 22 accounts uh, and found guilty of theft and espionage, uh, but not found guilty of kind of one of the key things that would have kind of put her away for good, which was aiding the enemy. The day after her sentencing, she came out as transgender uh, via a statement to the Today Show. So this is what case is to me like very interesting. One because of the politics. Like I, I didn't pay attention to this story, you know, when it was happening. I heard WikiLeaks. I knew of what was going on. I knew that uh, that uh, Bradley Manning was, you know, transitioning to Chelsea Manning. I, I recall that, but I just kind of really stayed away from the conversation because to me uh, I didn't want to uh, I guess this reveals my my political slant but I was like to me it didn't look good on the Obama administration and to the extent that I played dumb on it I was just like uh, I don't know like that's something that happened um, I didn't want to have to like try to defend Obama blindlessly and I also didn't want to well, have to bash Obama for uh, having that that break in his uh, during his tenure but nonetheless I didn't didn't follow it and but like I said as I've dug into it it's been been pretty interesting not only like I said from the politics standpoint but also from the fact that you know the the journey that Chelsea's gone through as a transgender person so Chelsea was born again Bradley in 1987 always kind of presented as a boy from early age uh, she she always knew that she felt di- different she described her childhood as feeling awkward but always gravitating towards playing house versus kind of the more aggressive boy games that she was also often pushed into to playing her parents divorced at age 11 and she lived with her mother uh, who she claims was an alcoholic I say she claims because there's a lot of like her her family has stayed relatively silent in terms of all of the the uh, controversy surrounding Chelsea Manning. Um, because her mother was an alcoholic, she wasn't functioning very well. Like she couldn't do the day to day stuff. So Chelsea and her sister uh, basically had to fend for themselves on many aspects. So as Chelsea wasn't going to school in her you know elementary and college and not college uh, elementary middle school and high school years, she was bullied at school. In her teens, though, she realized that she liked boys and came out as gay. And with the help of the internet, she realized that she wasn't gay, but she really there was a, another aspect to her that she hadn't really explored. But she she realized she wasn't alone because the power of pat, you know chat rooms and things like that. Um, she was exploring on the interte- internet, learning, and she just saw that there were other people who were going through the same experiences as, as that she was. Uh, but like I said, she put herself into uh, the uh, the bu- bucketed herself as as gay, uh, and that's kind of how she lived her her life for a while. Um, she, she again she eventually moved in with her father because her mother was not uh, um, able to really take care of her. However, that was not a good relationship, and eventually Chelsea again Bradley at the time pulled a, a knife on her father, uh, and that's so then she was kind of banned from the house and and went to go live with her aunt in Maryland. There she started to seek help with a therapist uh, and explored her LGBTQ uh, side and the LGBTQ scene a bit more because she was living in the metro DC area and we all know how gay DC is right 
That's just the Congress Republican congressman. Oh, yeah. Okay. All good. Uh, all good. So she joined the military in 2007, kind of after some reflection, and she she enlisted in the military as a way to figure out who she really was. She was still kind of kind of battling this: Am I really a woman? Like, is this is this something that that I am, or am I just gay? So she she used it to squelch that desire. Uh, when she joined the military, she was bullied and had a couple of run-ins with officers, which I think is pretty significant given like when you're in the military you don't <laughs> from my understanding is you don't have a lot of back talk to 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 officers which is why i would have never been worked out well in the military me too so in 2009 she was deployed to iraq as an intel analyst and that's really where this kind of story from the the her 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 big case gets gets kind of some traction uh, because there she had access to classified information so in 2009, because she's seeing all of this stuff, she begins to express discontent with the wars uh, on Facebook. So she's she's using social media to to talk about how not necessarily what she's seeing, but like, are we really in this you know, war for the right reasons? Um, she reaches out during a leave to the Washington Post and to the New York Times to say, hey, I got a story for you. I'm looking at some information uh, and I have access to informa- information. What we're doing in the war is is not right. It's unethical uh, and, and it needs to be reported on. Um, the, the, those newspaper outlets never returned her call and she, she eventually reached out to WikiLeaks, yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, so she said she reached out to the Washington Post uh, they never returned her call. The New York Times, she reported to the ombudsman, and they never, they're like, we get hundreds of these a day. Like, we, we, didn't, we didn't think anything of it. And so when she returns back to Iraq, she proceeds to download hundreds of thousands of documents and videos detailing war logs, uh, private uh, cables, assessments of prisoners, and videos that are just outlining or detailing torture, abuse, and 15,000 civilian deaths, which again, never gets reported. I mean, we hear about the deaths of our, our soldiers, but we don't really hear about... And we, we get we get reports on the news about the enemies that we targeted, but never those civilian deaths really get reported. And so so this was... You know, Chelsea was like, this is this is wrong, right? This is not our mission in, in Iraq and Afghanistan. Of course, the military leaders, you know, and, and after hearing all these stories, right, they're like, what right? How arrogant is this soldier to be the one being like i'm going to tell everyone what's right and what's wrong right uh so like she didn't have the wherewithal to really know and shouldn't have not felt entitled to go speak to or drop this information to wikileaks so that's i say that because that kind of leads to to some of the um the debate and controversy around chelsea manning so in 2000 or in 2010 she uploaded all of this information to wikileaks uh and later that year wikileaks releases a video from their data dump, from Chelsea Manning's data dump, which shows a helicopter crew shooting at civilians uh, because they mistook a telelens for a weapon. So what they thought was a, as a camera, um, they thought was a weapon, what they thought was a weapon was actually camera. a camera lens, and then they, they killed these civilians. And so that was uh, that was kind of the, the, the big thing that, that leaked into the news and really kind of uh, garnered her, uh, headlines. Uh, and, of course, the news cycle just picked that up, right? Yep. And, and it was a big, big controversy. So do you guys remember any of this stuff at the, as it was going on? Yeah, what I remember is, if I remember correctly, the Democrats at the time did not like Chelsea Manning because it was during a Democratic administration well that's why i was saying i didn't pay attention to the storyline because yeah. i'm like if i don't know anything about I it then that nowadays the democrats are oh a whistleblower blah blah it reminds me of the guy with the pentagon papers i forget his name 
I was about to say a huge historical figure, but you think I'd remember his name. <laughs> yeah, you think it, um, <laughs> three of us the r- self-proclaimed thing. history nerds would. <laughs> and went to college, I mean, went to college, listen to me, went to jail for leaking a bunch of papers, um, kind of about the travesties of the Vietnam War. And it took a long time for us to speak about him in a way that was like an American hero, which to me he was. Yeah. And right now the verdict's out. And unfortunately, it complicates things that Bradley has now turned to Chelsea because now someone's gender is politicized. Yeah. Because people say, let's face it, I know people, I grew up in a conservative religious environment, and people that are trans are considered mentally ill. Mm. So what do you do with a mentally ill person? You say, well, nothing they say matters. Yeah, you discount their, yeah. You know, they're never in their right mind. They're kind of Mm -hmm. insane. They need to be committed. So that adds a different layer. And even if you don't kind of like, even if people don't have that attitude that they're mentally ill, like it just discounts things. It's like, oh, like they're an attention seeker or whatever. They they can choose that way and they're just emotionally disturbed. So it's like, oh, they're an attention seeker, then they're trying to seek attention with this whole. But, you know, a little bit, you know, to that point, right? I mean, Chelsea Manning was going through a lot. I mean, initially they didn't, you know, when that data was released, they weren't like, oh, Chelsea Manning did it or Bradley Manning. Uh, so, so Manning knew, you know, the the result of what happened, of her, her, of her sharing information with WikiLeaks. That video, she knew that it was her that, that put that information out there. So she's dealing with that. And, and even besides, as significant as that, uh, as that is for, the United States, she's dealing with the fact that she's trans, right? That's her major struggle day yeah. to day, right? She and knows. She came out while she was in prison, right? Uh, she came out the day after she was sentenced. So, so she's dealing with that. Like that's her. If you listen, look at interviews with her, yeah. she's like, yeah, she's like, basically, she was approaching it like I had nothing to lose because my biggest struggle wasn't so. I had I took great yeah. exception to what the U.S. was doing in these wars. But I, I was struggling my day-to-day yeah. with my identity, like who I was, right? And I couldn't be myself. And so that, that's kind of what was, was going on. No one was listening. And so eventually she gets arrested because she confides in an online stranger, uh, Adrian uh, Lamo, who was a hacker. And Lamo contacted the Department of Defense uh, once Chelsea told him what happened. Um, interestingly enough, Adrian Lamo is no longer alive. He died at age 37. Of they don't know. We can blame it on we can blame it on Lamo. Well, he said he blame it on Lamo. He said he got uh, again. I I didn't do too much research on him, so this oh, is okay, just 30 something? 37. So he just I just read kind of his wiki bio, and yeah, he uh, I guess he was he was involved very involved in the LGBT community. Uh, he was a hacker and uh, and. The, they, again, they don't know how he died. He mysteriously died. They, they, auto, they did an autopsy on him, and they, the coroners could, could not confirm why he died. But anyway, so I just given, you know, you see all these things like House of Cards and uh, these, movie, these conspiracy theory movies, and I'm like, the fact that they don't know how this guy died at Sexual age 37. It's a true so, crime. Show. Yeah. So there you go, our spoopy. <laughs> oh, yes. So, uh, so, so again, Manning was arrested in 2010, charged with 22 counts relating to the leaks. And in 2011, there were additional charges dropped on her for aiding the enemy uh, because some of the material that she had was found in bin Laden's compound when they did that raid. Were you going to say something, Tony? So this just popped into my mind. Is she in prison? 
So uh, let me get to that. Okay. Because um, that, that, that's a little in, – it's an interesting question. She's not in prison, but she's in jail. So, so during her time, she was deemed to be suicidal and had – while she was in, in jail before her hearings uh, or before she was tried because you know, she was – well, again, she, she tried it. Yes, yeah, she tried it. She was deemed suicidal, had several <clears throat> run-ins with the officers. She was actually – so part of the controversy here – here is as, as she, and this is where she started to get a, some allies on her side <clears throat> because she was held in solitary confinement so basically that that was 23 hours a day in mm-hmm. a windowless cell she was out one day and because she had attempted suicide previously they deemed her to be suicidal so they didn't even give her a, a, a pillow or or blankets to sleep with so a lot of times they had her sleeping nude too as well so here on she a is great floor yeah, in a windowless cell, 23 hours a day. That's how she's spending her time. Once they, the, she did visit a psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist is like, she's not suicidal anymore. They still kept her in solitary confinement because, I mean, so she was held in co- solitary confinement ori- initially because of the crimes she committed and the trouble she was causing yeah. with officers. Then she, com- I mean, which would drive you crazy, I would think. Then she's, she t- attempts suicide, and the punishment for that is more solitary confinement. Again, imagine like that would put anyone, I think, on the rails. Yeah. But they, if oh you're transgender God. going through this this yeah. emotional journey, like I can't. So that's all screwed up. So that I, I again, I'm putting this out there because this is I think is plays factors into what happens a little bit down the road. So she um, in 2013, she's pleads guilty to storing and leaking information. Um, she said she was trying to stir a debate. She wasn't, she didn't think that, you know, national security was at stake. She was just trying to say, Hey, look what's going on here, guys. Yeah. But again, a lot of the information that she leaked was, you know, detailing information about uh, captives and locations of, 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 of the base, you know, in retrospect, like looking back, there's articles that saying it wasn't that you know, controversial in terms of what she released, but nonetheless, there was yeah. uh, all the arguments from the Republican side and even the Democrats at the times yeah. classified information right um so she apologized for hurting the u.s on july 30th she was found guilty of 20 counts espionage theft and computer fraud and then on august 21st which is this week uh she was sentenced to 35 years in prison again the day after she was sentenced she comes out as transgender we're gonna say some yeah so she was sentenced to a male prison Yes. Yeah. So she's coming out transgender, right? Because she says, "Hey, I because the question to her was like, well, why'd you come out then?" Yeah. She's like, "I had to live my life. Like that's, yeah. I mean, and again, that burden of like, I revealed, I dropped all this information to the mm-hmm. public, was kind of off her shoulders. So she's like, now I can really just yeah. deal with this major issue that's been battling me with my whole life, yeah. which is being being transgender. Um, so during that time, you know, since in the seven years she was in prison, uh, she had two attempts at, uh, suicide. Um, and, and the biggest struggle during her, her, in addition to battling suicide attempts, she was fighting for her rights as a transgender woman. So in prison, if you're, if you're sick, you get medical treatment. Well, not that being transgender is sick, but it requires some medical attention. And, you know, what she would say is, hey, being trans, you know, that was uh, a big, that was a big part of what she was going through. Um, 
uh, just a side note, ACLU, when she came out as trans, immediately stepped in to help her kind of help her get hormone treatment because she said, I needed that hormone treatment. Yeah. It was not a preference, right? It's not like I wanted those drugs. She's like, it's a matter of survival. It's what keeps, you know, what she said is like, what keeps me alive. It keeps me from feeling like I'm not in the wrong body uh, because it, she said every day she was wanting, when she wasn't on hormone treatment or the medication that she was receiving, she wanted to rip her body apart. Uh, she's in, mm-hmm. in, in the, the folks from ACLU say that, you know, the reason they were fighting for it, because it's important to realize that medical treatment for transgender people is not cosmetic. It's not ex- experimental. It is a, rec- it is something that they need to, you know, make their full transition to, you know, yeah. who uh, they are. There's a direct line between her and <coughs> Donald Trump banning transgender people from being in the military because he says it's expensive and they all want free surgeries and you're going to have transgender people joining joining the military to transition (laughs) and he's using this as a high profile example of that but i mean to me this was a big learning for me because i i I admitted on this show before like i don't have a lot of familiarity with the trans uh the trans community and so the reading the story and listening to chelsea's kind of journey and the 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 aspects of what she says of why she needed medical treatment. I'm like, ah, this all makes sense because I, all I would hear, it's not that I would ever side with Donald Trump, but I was like, okay, is that, is that right? I mean, I, yeah. my immediately immediate reaction anytime Donald Trump says something is he's wrong, but I was trying to, I always try to process it. And, and so I was like, so what, what, what is the real story? And so this kind of crystallized to me kind of some aspects of the trans transgender journey. Um, your, your question on whether she was still in jail. Uh, so Obama, on his last, near the end oh, of his, okay. his his administration, he commuted her sentence. And so he said, you know, she's went through the military process, she acknowledged her wrongdoing, and she went through a tough prison sentence. The sentence she received was very disproportionate relative to what, what other leakers received. So she was received 35 years of <clears throat> of. Uh, a prison time and uh he said that's not that's not consistent with how other leakers have been been that been yeah. treated uh she said he said obama said she had served a significant amount of time it made sense to commute and not pardon her sentence and you know he says i feel comfortable that justice has been served and and a message has still been sent to to people so commute means she's out but it's on her record right okay uh, and so that that was again a big thing. Um, the, currently, Chelsea Manning she's living in Maryland. Uh, you're, she ran for Senate in 2018, so she tried to take a run at the the Democratic Senate candidate Ben Cardin uh, in Maryland. Um, she's currently in jail, so she's been she had been asked to testify in a grand jury investigating WikiLeaks because now that Julian Assange has been um, he's been pulled out of that uh, embassy that he was uh, mm-hmm. holed up in. Um, so they're, they're trying him and she's been asked to testify. She said, nope. Uh, so she's been held in contempt for not cooperating. She said she would rather starve to death than change her opinion, uh, to this regard. So, yeah, so she's, she's fighting the good fight. She's very popular. I mean, they did a, uh, a spread on her, like Annie Leibovitz did a photo shoot with her. So she was in Vanity Fair. Um, she's gone to all these high profile LGBT events. Um, she wrote, she was a columnist in the Guardian, uh, for the Guardian, uh, a few t- a guest columnist a few times while she was in prison. She's got a big following on social media, so uh, she's quite. Uh, she's been this 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 celebrated as a character as a as a transgender uh, person, and uh, but obviously a lot of controversy because you know with what she did, 
with releasing all that information, some folks call her a big traitor. And you yeah. know, and that's what you hear a lot on Fox News. Of course, you're, as Kendall was noting, you heard that from the Dems as well. You know when yeah. it happened, um, but a lot of folks have you know where that was kind of the prevailing sentiment at the time, uh, like when this information was leaked. Now you see, I think a lot more people coming to her side. I mean, obviously, oh, I yeah, Obama yeah. commuted her and said, you know, whistle. You know, she was more or less a whistleblower, right? Yeah. She shouldn't have done it. There were proper channels for her to do. But and, and what to that point, Obama said, when it comes to our national security, that what, whenever possible, we need folks that may have legitimate concerns. We need them to raise those. He said that they that they try to work through the established channels and avail themselves to the whistleblower protections that have been put in place. Because uh, what folks will say is, well, why didn't she go up the chain of command? Why didn't she you know, talk to her, her representatives, her house reps, her state reps, anything like that? Um, Chelsea maintains no one was listening, and so she's like, <laughs> even those proper those proper channels didn't work, and so I had no yeah. choice but to to do this. So, um, so I, to me again, it was an interesting story because, like I said, I hadn't paid attention to it. I knew the political ramifications of it. I didn't really ever dive into kind of the transgender component to it, um, but I feel a bit more woke on on transgender issues. So. I don't know. You guys remember any anything I mean, else I about that? I remember snippets of it, but I never really paid that much attention to it. She's still in the news. You yeah. still hear about her all the time. Well, like I said, she's in she's in jail now, but uh, ran for Senate, which I thought was. I mean, I saw her political campaign. I thought it was interesting. She was basically part. She to me was on the on the on the Bernie wing of of things, so fighting the establishment. Well, come on, Chelsea and Marsha. So I think Kendall, though your your uh, your your topic provides a nice like cap to to this, given we've talked about a couple of transgender what cases. The trans flag that um, Monica yeah. Helms. I just saw one on the way here. Designed on August nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine, and I feel like we're seeing the the trans flag, which is it's like light blue, light pink, pink, and white. Yeah, we're seeing it more and more. I'd say in the last year. I, I agree. I, I feel like I knew what it was but i never really saw it much and i've seen it just a handful of times but i've seen it like just here and there well it, the the flag represents a trans community and there's it's the original trans flag but there's been more so than the gay pride flag there's been kind of offshoots to where different groups design their own gay flag and have their own uh, or a trans flag i should say wait you saying the, folks have their own trans flag the trans flag, more so than any other of the LGBT Q groups, plus. Q plus groups, um, has well, multiple, many, many multiples, and I'll get into that. So the flag represents a transgender community and consists of five horizontal stripes, two light blue, two light pink, and one white in the center. So it's, Helms, You mean it's Creamfield? A Creamfield flag, yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, so Helms said the <laughs> Is stripes cute? at the top and bottom are light blue, the traditional color for baby boys. The stripes next to them are pink, the traditional color for girls. The stripe in the middle is white for those who are, who are transitioning or consider themselves having a neutral or undefined gender. So she designed it in 1999. It was first shown at the Phoenix Pride Parade in 2000. And then it caught on quickly and in 2014 she actually donated it to the smithsonian national or natural history museum wait what is it yeah smithsonian natural history museum said oh we want it so within just five years she gave it which has got to be kind of awesome wait five years yeah 2014 she designed it in 99 that's that's more than four that's 15 years 
Oh my god. You're not a math guy. It's not even that close. <laughs> Where's my calculator? Okay, <laughs> but anyway, in 15 years, I guess. Is that right? 85. Okay. Between 1 and 57 years. Anyways, <laughs> in her lifetime. <laughs> she I donated like, mm. it. Um, in 2015, math! Philadelphia was the first county government to raise the flag in honor of uh, Philadelphia's 14th annual Philadelphia Trans Health Conference. So by 2015, which is 16 years from the day <laughs> it was uh, designed, it was kind of this ubiquitous, we, you know, we're seeing it more and more. Governments are embracing it more. And in January 2019, uh, Congresswoman from Virginia, Jennifer Wexton, flew it outside of her office. She's transgender. No. No. Jennifer Wexton, no. Who is there? Was a transgender person? I'm getting. I'm sorry. That was in the Virginia, in Virginia. state. Yeah, that's state legislature. Oh, but this she's also Wexton running for Congress uh-huh. now, right? Okay, I think so. Yeah. But by March, there had been dozens of Congress people that had flown it for trans awareness, trans visibility, wow. which I think is you know we were saying the gay pride flag has been around since the 70s, and yeah. I feel like I've it's I've seen it for almost my entire life it's been kind there, of been there that, yeah but we've just seen the trans flag there's several variations of it uh the most common second variation of it i should say is what's called the black trans flag so instead of the white line in the middle it's black to raise awareness for black uh the the disproportionate oh, that's awesome. amount of violence and murder yeah. and discrimination for black trans women even or with, even meant black yeah because even and, within uh well and not only trans but i feel like lgbt people black lgbt people like they're so discriminated in their own community because um you know a lot of black people are very religious and they just face discri- i feel more discrimination than most yeah to me it's a shame that we need a separate flag i get it but it creates separation it 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 shows a sense of Nobody's looking out for me, so let me separate myself. I guess and create a different. I mean, I can so see both sides. I, I kind of agree that it um, creates a separation, but then to them, I think it's their way of pointing out, like, I mean, more of us are murdered than than white people. You know, like more black people are murdered, more black trans people are murdered than white people. Mm-hmm. So I can understand them wanting to make the emphasize the point that you know we are a little worse off. But then I agree to your point, too, that it's, you know. But isn't it like the Black Lives Matter, you know, argument saying, you know, when, I mean, when you take that position, Kendall, I'm not saying that you do this, but it sounds a little all lives matter, right? It's like, oh, all lives matter. And it's like, there are folks like, yes, all lives do matter, but the but Black, Black Lives, lives Matter is yeah. part of, like, we feel no, like I we're not even important. noticed. Like, I we're not part of that all. To have a, you feel misrepresented, so you, I think it's more so for me a conversation of, I hate the whole, not hate, I don't hate anything. I really don't care that much. But I don't understand the emphasis on LGBTQIA. You're queer. It's umbrella queer. We're all fighting together, I feel like. But we and just, when you throw in new letters, new symbols and all that, it's kind of like, okay, who do we have to include now? It's like, um, wait, it's against the, to me, heterosexual mindset of we're in control, we are um, the ones making decisions, we're the ones that are right in God's eyes. 
so to me, I just prefer queer to say queer instead of alphabet soup in it. But then when you do that, then you, you run the risk of what we talked about this uh, with Marsha P. Johnson, right? I mean, when we not specifically Marsha P. Johnson, but when we were having that discussion about trans and why it's important to make sure that, you know, the trans community is included and all that. I mean, when you just say queer, you, you're missing folks, right? You're missing bisexual folks. You're may, maybe not representing lesbians. You're not, maybe not like you're because you're rallying around one common thing when each of those constituencies maybe that's not the right word demographics well, have that. the right you know have a different preference i mean admittedly from our own com- our own podcast right we don't have anyone who's black we don't have a lesbian on our show so we are missing part of the conversation i mean i know yeah. tony's a lesbian but like i just changed my garbage disposal <laughs> you did you are so butch uh we're gonna give you a there's that argument lesbian. there's also the argument that when you separate it by so many different variations that you are segregating within the community different groups which is fine if that's the intention but what i'm saying is are we all in this together are we saying there are lesbian rights there are gay rights there are bisexual rights there are transgender rights there are i don't even there's intersexual there are asexual i don't even know if it's rights but it's just like concerns right so there there are different things that that are uh, need to be represented so when you uh, when you talk about when we talked about this earlier, right, with the the whitewashing of LGBT history, it's like, well, no, the, the black community has it worse. Like you were saying, you know, when you hear the F word, right, it's like, yeah, you heard the F word, like, oh, or, or you're like, you're funny for a gay guy, or you're cool for a gay guy. I would hear that you're cool for a gay guy, and you're cool for a brown guy. Like I would get it double, you know what I mean? And so uh, it's not to say that one's. I, I said black people have worse like i'm not trying to compare the two all i'm saying is they have there's different concerns like you can be cool for a a white you know a white gay guy but um, i have to work doubly hard to be cool for a brown gay guy you know what i mean that's why i i can kind of see both sides because i i do get your point that it's like okay i mean geez it's the alphabet soup it's like does everyone really need to be like i'm in this little subsector but um i kind of understand like everybody kind of wants to be like I'm not part of this general, like, here's my specific need. And I guess it kind of also, you know, relates to when straight people are like, well, why do you need a pride celebration? Well, you haven't fucking faith. Like, thank God you don't need a pride right. celebration. Yeah, I could get fired for being gay. Because straight people could say, well, aren't we all just yeah. people? And so then I could, you know, like, I could see if you were whatever part of the... That was my straight guy accent. Aren't we all just people? It does seem to me, as a straight person... Wait, no, I'm not speaking for the straight. What I think, what I hear is the argument of, oh, we got something, you know, there's terms for everybody. And yes, those terms do exist. However, it's to me, it's like, no, it's we're all people. Yeah. First of all, let's let's acknowledge that we're people first and then go from there. But even amongst white people, there are people. There's Yankees and there's Southerners, right? And then there's the you know, hardcore, the Dixiecrats, and then there's Texas Southern. And you know what I mean? So, like, everyone's got their own identity. Like, everyone wants to have their own identity. I guess my and point is colleges they, can, they can both be true, right? So... I guess my, my where I take issue and I and I say it too like oh I roll I'll roll my eyes I'm like now we have to be sensitive to this group like we can't be like sen- be sensitive to my group and then when you want something well, why like, do you say LGBTQ plus if that's a if a stickler for you what is the plus who is the plus else. that you refuse to acknowledge well, well I just don't know on 
I'll say that's that's. But, I think that honestly, your answer right now is more so. There are so many. Yeah, and we, we're not. I think it keeps growing, right? It, it keeps growing, and we're not doing the research to figure out. We're just saying, how is that any different? Is how is plus different than the word queer? I'm, I'm not saying it is or isn't. Your umbrella uh, is plus. What is mine is for? queer, Q-a. asexual. Oh, okay. See, so in other words, when you have so many letters, and we have to as gay people, because a, a could say, be anybody. Straight people a? can be asexual. But, but as a? gay people, we're just one of those one of those letters, right? But what good are you doing if you're don't even know what the I and the A and the Q right. and the I know what I. You know what I'm but, saying. So for me, the thinking is. I, I would be fine with, like, gay, queer, whatever. Really, in my mind, I'm it's, gay. The, the majority is heterosexual, and because they don't understand many of them, not all of them, obviously, but because many of them think it's a sin or a mental disorder or something, if you're anything but heterosexual, then to me, the line is drawn. We are everybody else, and we have the same rights as you. So... Within the queer community, yes, you can, and I really don't care the terms people use. I choose to use queer because I think people nowadays throw out the words. They don't even know what it means, but they're just using it because they're trying to be PC. And I think, I asked you, Tony, and you knew, but I'm saying, do you even know what Q means? It means questioning in queer. Right. But what does queer mean within LGBTQIA? That, that's the thing. I mean, because then it means everything, right? Yeah. Like I, I mean, yeah, it's like like I mean, you said. But we don't even know. So why are but, we using but words? But Tony, we don't know? do you, do I identify as queer? Identify as gay. Yeah. Right. So that's. I guess my to my, me, queer is different, and so it's like, yeah, I'm different. I mean, I identify as gay within the. But if you use, I'm fine with using queer as the umbrella or gay as the umbrella. But it's like maybe that's because I'm gay and I fit. The most classic mold versus, right. you know, if I was bisexual but this or, kind or of lesbian. Goes back questioning. To the very beginning of our conversation to where even within the gay community, we're very segregated. Yeah. Very. So when you say LGBTQIA plus or, how, you know, whatever kind it is, segregation. you are putting walls in between people. And here we are talking about how we shouldn't talk about films in a certain way. Yet we're calling them fems. Well, I don't even say talking about fems. People identify as fem. I'm a, there is a class of gays that say I'm a fem queen, right? That's a category that people you know yeah. walk in. Because some so people are ashamed, some people own it. it it's like, just a matter of n- don't shame people because that's what they are, right? Don't discriminate people. I mean, you can discern like I don't say discriminate. Like you can have a preference of who who you're attracted to, but having to say, oh, I. Those people are gross because they're femme. Like that's the that's the line. And so I, I guess the the point that I I would make, Kendall, is when you say, "Well, I'm just going to call everyone queer." Well, not everyone identifies queer. That's a term that is appropriate for you, but not everyone identifies as queer. And so for us to say, "Why do we have some are trying to get to catch on to mean non-straight. the queer non-straight yeah. community?" Right. And, and I, I, we're we're even divided. If you go on Grinder or Scruff or whatever. It's no fats, no fems, no blacks, no whites, yeah. no, yep. you know, it's... But even on then, too... They, so I, I am choosing not to focus on what makes us different, I think. But even those apps, I mean, they ask you, like, oh, what are your tribes? You know, like, and you select, like, oh, these are the 16 things you can select, like... 
I'm into Twinks or whatever. Right. Is that what you're into, Tony? What are your preferences, Tony? In the Twinks? Clean cut. Clean I cut. Think sometimes we get so focused <laughs> like a bear, on an specific otter. details. Alive. I love breathing. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to get so, we're trying to get next episode. Tony a boyfriend here. Uh, I mean now we've got cisgender and gender so non-binary, <laughs> which I agree is a thing and it exists. Yeah, yeah, but it's people saying, "Look, look over here. I'm different. I'm different. I'm different." Mm-hmm. Think about think about think about me. Now you're discriminating against me. I get all that. I can understand and have a full breadth of the entire conversation without feeling like it goes to the extreme of saying. Well, I can, Which letter I, are you? And I can see both sides, though, because I could see if you're like, if somebody thinks, okay, this is like the general needs of like the gay community, and you're like a subsect, and you're like, but this is like what, like my needs, you know? Like, but then it's just throwing letters together. Then if you're saying my needs are not what your needs are, then why are we saying? Why maybe, are we putting every alphabet? Just like you know, drag queens or transgender people back in the day, like that we're being discriminated against, like, bitch, I'm part of this community. And so, I don't know, maybe they feel the need to, like, point out that I'm here and I'm this But how's that doing, really? I don't know. I think it's actually having an adverse, it's having the opposite effect is what I think. Uh, Well, I mean, I guess the... I think it's dividing us more than uniting us. I don't know. I think it's creating an uncomfortable conversation saying, do I need to... Do I, what is, to me, it always challenges my thinking because my initial reaction is where you are, Kendall. Like, why do we need another letter? Uh, but then I'm like, as I listened, as I rate, you know, as we have this conversation today about trans people, I'm like, I have a different appreciation for trans people than I, I, you know, and as you talk to more and more, as more and more people are comfortable being trans, like that T is important in the LGBT discussion. So if we just called everyone, but if we just called everyone queer, then they'd be like, well, that's every, the trans people could easily think, oh, they're just talking about the gays and the white gays, right? And the ones that look pretty and, you know, that are Instagram worthy. And so I think there's a space for like, should we differentiate between trans, white trans, black trans, brown trans? Well, your point is that they do, right? There's there's a reason. No, but here's my thing. So, in a way, I can see where it's further dividing us. But then, in in a way, I feel it's mind-opening because some of these, like, you know, whatever, every time I see a new term, I'm like, well, what is that? I don't know, and I'll Google it, and, like, I want to know more. And so it kind of opens up my mind. Whereas some people, I feel... It's the opposite effect. It's like, oh, fuck. Now we got another, you know, thing, you know, another acronym or, you know, letter to worry about. And so maybe it just part of like sometimes it opens up some people's mind and it like segregates others. And so maybe it's just a. I don't know. And I think it's a good discussion that we're having, though. Like, not just yeah. the three of us, but in general that society's having. It's like, oh, wait, I thought this was just a whole gay thing. And it's like, well, no, there's a whole bunch of folks that have different, yeah. that identify differently. And that's okay. Uh, we're okay with that. Well, and when I you, don't, okay, I'm not trying to call you out. But to say plus completely negates your entire, I agree, in my I agree. mind, argument. Okay, what, but my... And to correct someone yeah. and say plus, to me, your plus is my queer. Okay, fine. But, but I... I, I the the plus to me is is the same as it's 
etc right uh your your queer is like i i may not identify with the term queer is my point so that's that's i think the differentiator in my mind i'm not my, my point is you can you can call me out for saying plus and you're saying that's not any better we also have polyamory you didn't know, invent the plus you're just using the yeah but my why point is, is not a p on there and why is there not a c for cisgender that it's all encompassed under the plus it, well why do we but, but we, why we, is there a plus why wouldn't it be I know this may sound really in the weeds to a lot of people, but if you say plus, why are we choosing to sell LGBT I plus? I, look, I say plus. Then not everyone says plus. I mean, you like again. You want to call me out on that? That's fine. I like I I I don't take exception to that. I think I have I'm a lot to. I, I'm to make you no, I'm just saying I have a lot. Well, I think we all have a lot to learn and grow in this space. That would be my point. Like, not in these uh, pants. <laughs> And you can't even loosen the belt because you're not wearing no, one. I can't even sit down. I've been standing up the entire broadcast because of these pants. So what else is going on with that flag? That's it. It was flown on on. It's <laughs> waving. 2014 though. I, is it so? Is it dis- It's not displayed at in uh, any of the museums. Is what I read. It's it's they have it archived. Yeah, but they have not, archived like they have thousands upon thousands right. of stuff archived. Waiting for that LGBT plus uh, museum. <laughs> museum. Yeah. Yes, so hopefully we'll, we can do that. We'll uh, Kendall will will uh, gold plate your mic so that it's in the it's in That's the hall of fame. That's gonna be a big sign, though. What's that? LGBTQIPA. It's just gonna L- be. L-N-O-P-A. They won't have a sign. It'll just be a big <laughs> rainbow with all of the colors. This way it looks pretty. All right, so that uh, that wraps up our lengthy discussion. I think it was a good discussion because to me, like I said, the the discussion on Marsha Marsha P Marsha Martha. Marsha. Oh my God! He thinks <laughs> it's Martha. Marsha P. Uh, on Chelsea Manning and then trans flag. Like it, I mean, it, to me, it was a good discussion we've had on that. I think a lot of people have questions about, and I think it's an evolving conversation. So that uh, I think is uh, is a good thing. Again, the fact that we're discussing it topic, is yeah. a very good thing for for all of us, not just again the three of us, but I think society as a whole. Um, so agree. thank you for letting uh, for anyone who's listening and for you two guys that are listening that are joining me in this conversation. I think thank you for letting me think that out loud. Like trying to process that because it to me it's been rattling in my head it's like, always a good discussion. and so i don't uh, i don't always know how to like the lgbtq plus like and honestly thomas there's not a wrong i choose to say queer because that makes more sense to me you choose to say lgbtq plus but it is confusing the reason i wanted to have a conversation it's confusing especially to straight people like i have straight friends that say now what is this what yep. is this what is your right and they get lost in the weeds of it all of like well, what does it all mean? And to me, it basically means, look, there are people that don't just identify straight. And they, and it's not just straight or gay. There's a huge spectrum of people and I, that it can involve. And I think, and that's I think we're the, just calling it different things. That's the big conversation that, that we are having as a society, and I think it's important. And now, again, I, I'm glad that transgender people are being part of the discussion, and I'm looking forward to learning more about people who identify differently. Because, and, and like I said, unfortunately, I don't know a lot of I got to know a lot of gay people growing up. And so now I have a different appreciation for the upbringing. I'm reading, studying these transgender folks. I have a different appreciation for that. So to me, it's always fascinating to learn about people and have these discussions. So I'm really thankful for, for today's discussion. So anything else? All right. So thank you guys for listening to our podcast and kicking with us. A special thank you to our sound dude, Spencer. 
And don't forget to subscribe to hear future episodes. Visit our website at letstalkaboutgaystuff.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Let's Talk About Gay Stuff and on Twitter at Talk Gay Stuff. Uh, you can also reach us, like send us your questions. Again, we you know we'll, we do read those things, and uh, we're happy to bring those up in our discussion. We uh, love getting comments. Too. Yes, you thank can, you, Dusty. You can email us at uh, let's talk about gay stuff dot com or let's talk about gay stuff at gmail dot com, and uh, and don't forget to give our our a listen to our sister podcast, our Spooky Podcast, which is available now. So be sure to listen to them, subscribe to their episodes, give their comment, give comments on them and reviews. We'll take those reviews as well. Uh, we'd like to know your feedback. So uh, with that, we're here. We're LGBTQ. <laughs> I was about to say we're queer. <laughs> Get used to it. <laughs>